listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have a guest on the show. So Savannah Campbell is a very sweet person that I've connected with in my Instagram community and in my Facebook group, the Terrific Teacherpreneur. She is a terrific pinning course student. She's just a lovely all-round person that I've managed to connect with in the last year. And The awesome thing is that she has been beginning her TPT journey and she has seen some amazing success. She has grown her store massively in her sales in the last year. And what I think is really exciting as well is she's also grown a really successful Instagram in that time. So she's done a lot of amazing things. And one of the big things that has definitely contributed to her, what I think is really quite amazing success in a short period of time is niching. So we're actually going to be talking about having a niche on the podcast today, you know, having that special focus and that area where you serve people and really kind of know your audience and and not try to please everybody, I guess. And this is something that Savannah's done so well and it's obviously paying off. So I was so excited to have her come on the show today and give us some words of wisdom and some expert advice from what she's seen and how having a niche has really helped her. So I'm super excited to chat with her and let's like let's dive in. Hey Savannah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you were able to join us. How are you today? I am fantastic and I'm 100% fangirling because you know I love everything you put out. I've watched your watch. I've listened to your podcast from the beginning. I followed you on Instagram like you are my girl and you know that. So I'm just honored to even be here. Well, I'm honored because we've connected so much on Instagram and in Facebook groups and stuff that I feel like I kind of already knew you anyway so like yeah I saw your name a lot so it feels like I know you anyway it's just nice to see you so that's awesome I'm so glad you're able to join us and I would love it if you could introduce yourself to my audience so tell us a little bit about you and your background like as an educator or in teaching I guess or education in general that would be awesome of course so I'm Savannah Campbell I'm a k-5 reading interventionist tomorrow morning I'm going back to school for my 11th year of teaching yes I start back tomorrow I've been a fourth grade teacher a first grade teacher a third grade teacher and now I'm a reading interventionist and my entire career I've taught at the school that I went to as a kid so I really just feel called to help the kids at my school like so many people helped me you know it's just such a it feels like coming home where I teach at and so I think that um Well, I hope that I kind of resonate with a lot of your audience because I know a lot of them are still teachers too. And so it's just good to know that you can still be a teacher and you can still do this business. So I am a full-time teacher. I'm a mama to a toddler, a wife, and I'm trying to balance it all just like everybody else. You know, that's like, as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, if you don't mind, maybe at the end, we might add an extra question in and I might say like, do you have any tips for that? Because I've been thinking about that a lot lately about love. I'd love to do an episode someday or just more of a focus on, because I know so many people are full-time teachers, but also parents, busy, busy parents. And it's, it's really hard to manage it all. And you're doing, you're doing it, you're doing a great job, but we want to know the secrets. So maybe we'll talk about that. (laughs) 
baby steps. That's my advice for everything is take it small, take it slow with everything. So the next thing I'd love to ask is if you could tell us a little bit about your background in your in your business. So your TPT store and, and your and what you do there. A little bit about kind of what your niche is as well and, and who you serve. Yeah. So this past year for me has just been insane. I started TPT back in like 2016. And my first month I made 60 cents. And then I signed up for the premium membership. And I remember sitting down and talking with my husband. I was like, well, if I don't make the $60 back, we won't do it again next year. You know, just like so many other people, I just started as a fun way to make a little bit of extra cash. I'm very lucky that I have somebody at my school who like sat us all down and taught us how to do it. Like she taught us how to make the PowerPoints, how to upload it. Like her name's Sherry and she's just amazing. And she did all that for us. So I kind of just was making like, 15, 20 bucks a month, you know? And then when the pandemic hit, it kind of two things happened at once. I began to learn more about the science of reading, which is something I'm super passionate about. I'm super passionate about helping children learn to read. Like that, that's my calling in life. And in the United States, we have a huge illiteracy crisis. About 30% of students in the United States are reading at or above reading, like on grade level. And it's just it's not necessary. So I started to learn about the science of reading. And then I found myself stuck at home with time to make things. And so I started making things that aligned with the science of reading that I was like, oh my gosh, this will be so helpful next year. And my first big thing that I made was this interactive phonics notebook. And I don't know if you've ever had the feeling like after you made something, you're just like, this is my beautiful baby that I'm giving to the world. And you're just like, so proud. And it was like, that was the moment I was like, this is what I need to do. And so my niche is really, I I make phonics and phonemic awareness resources tailored to a structured literacy classroom. And it's taken me a really long time to get to that point. Because before I used to make things for fourth grade, when I taught fourth grade, I used to make first grade things when I taught first grade, and it was kind of just like a hodgepodge. But then once I made that interactive notebook, I was like, oh, I'm good at this and people like this and it's helping my children. Let's do more of this. And it was the very first product I had. I think that was over $10. It was $17. And like the first time I sold it, I was like, I'm so rich. I have so much money. I don't even know what to do with my life right now, you know? And so it really was the pandemic, I think, for a lot of people where you found yourself with time to learn and to grow. And also I started getting on social media. Like there's all these Facebook groups out there for teacherpreneurs, there's Instagram accounts, and it just felt really nice to connect with other people going through the same thing. Because if you're not in the teachers pay teachers community, like people don't get it. They're like, so you sell lesson plans online and you make money. And you're like, yes, I do. Thank you very much. (laughs) But yeah, so that's kind of where my journey has taken me. That's awesome. I love that you had that moment when you were like the $17 bundle thing where you were like, oh my goodness. Because you always remember those kind of moments. They're like the special TBT memories of like that first time you ever sell a product or when you sell a big one. And I I don't, I have bestsellers that sell every day, but when you sell one of those special ones, that's like an expensive one, even now after all these years, it's just like, oh, it warms my heart. (laughs) So now it's your baby and you just, those things that just feel right you know it's like it just feels right that this is in the universe right now and we're still like you know we get to do that you know yeah 
and it's a it's a nice feeling if you feel like you've you've helped someone too because you know that a teacher somewhere is using that so it's, it's a lovely feeling but I was going to ask because we I really wanted this episode to be about niching I know um we originally talked about Instagram and our messages so we are going to talk about Instagram today as well but one of the things you do really well is niching and niching is so so important so I'd like to talk a bit more about that and I want to know like why you think it's important to have a niche and sort of how it helped you having one so that my listeners if they're struggling with settling on a niche they can learn why they need to do it why they need to find one and yeah we'd love to hear your story about like why you think it's really really important I guess and how it's helped you grow yeah so I think when you think about just like teaching in general you know we're not all great at everything right like even if you're in the lower grades and you do teach everything a lot of times like one teacher will plan the math lessons and you'll plan the reading lessons and it's just and you said this in a recent episode it's not possible to be great at everything you simply can't do it so i look at it as teacher pay teachers doesn't really have room anymore for big generalists Like if you, I know one of the hesitations is that you see some of these big sellers and you're like, well, they don't have a niche, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of followers and they're making millions of dollars, but you don't think about the fact that most of them have been there from the beginning and they started TPT. And so they've been able to grow with TPT throughout the years. But those of us who are just coming into it now, it's much harder to get into the game if you don't have a niche. You have to know what you're bringing to the table for people. And this is kind of how I think about it. I, I'm going to, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to give you all a sentence frame. I want you to think when people think about blank, they think about me. And I want people to think, what would you put in that blank? You need to be known for something, you know? So for example, my friend Sherry that I had mentioned, when I think about digital products, I think about Sherry. When I think about helping teacherpreneurs, I think about Alex. When I think about decodable text, I think about Emily Gibbons. You have to be known for something because in this day and age, they're not just going to be searching for your name. You know, we're not Deanna Jump as much as we would love to be her. We have to have a way for them to be on there and looking for something to find us. And so niching has helped me so much because once you have somebody to your page, they're more likely to buy more things from you, right? So if somebody came to my Teachers Pay Teachers store and I have fourth grade math things and first grade math things, and if I have reading things, it's going to make it a lot harder for them to buy multiple things. But I had actually looked at my sales report before we got up here, and I had somebody on um, the sale, the back to school sale, buy like 12 things from me that day. Yeah. So what you want for your store is you want people to go to your little homepage and feel like they've hit the jackpot. They are like, oh my gosh, I was looking for phonics stuff and I can get this and this and this and this and this. You don't need to have a bunch of different things because if you have the right buyers, they're going to keep coming back to you and they're going to keep wanting more and more of your stuff because they trust your expertise in that area. You know, I do still have some like random math things from a couple years ago, but I don't even touch them. I haven't even updated them because my heart's just not in it anymore because I know that my calling is phonics and phonemic awareness resources. And I think if you can figure out what it is that you're passionate about making, it's just going to make you get bigger. Somehow going smaller makes your business grow bigger. 
It seems weird to think about it because you, you think it's like that natural instinct because you want to please everybody. And they say if you please every, try to please everybody, you'll please nobody. So you're trying to cater to everybody because you think that will get you more sales. But you're right, ironically, going narrow, going small, going for like the smaller handful of people. I think it's the same. I know this is not to do with niching, but it's the same with like keywords and things as well. Like when you use big generic keywords, you try to reach everybody, you don't rank very well. When you just try to cater to that that niche and narrower market in any way, you're always going to reach more people. So I love that. That's so true. Yeah. This made me think about this Pizza Hut example. So my husband and I were ordering Pizza Hut and we like go onto the app to order it and they're selling French fries. And I'm like, why is Pizza Hut selling French fries? Nobody is thinking I need some French fries today. Let me go to Pizza Hut, right? You got to stay in your lane, know what you do well and just sell a dive on pizza. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. Yeah. I love it. So I would love to ask now a little bit if you could give some words of wisdom because there's a lot of people that might be listening that are fairly new to TBT or just haven't really settled on a niche yet because they just, yeah, they, they teach a lot of grade levels or they teach a lot of subjects. They love lots of different things or they make lots of different types of products and they just sometimes they just can't decide and it doesn't come naturally at first to everybody. Um, so what advice would you give someone who is maybe new or someone that's struggling to narrow down and find their niche? Is there any advice you could give them? Yeah, I think that in the beginning, it really is okay. And we all do it where we make different kinds of things. But that's how we learn what we're passionate about, right? Just like when we were in college trying to figure out what we wanted to do, we took all these generalist courses before we sort of settled on teaching. In the same way, I think it's okay if in the beginning, you're trying out different things, because I feel like you're going to find something like that interactive notebook where you're like, "Ooh, this feels right. This works right. And I also think that like, think about when you were younger and you thought about becoming a teacher, what did you see yourself doing? Did you see yourself sitting in front of a group of kids teaching them to read? Did you see yourself teaching math to students? Did you see yourself helping them with technology? Like what drove you to teaching in the first place? Because if you can find that passion again, I think that's your niche. And remember, you want people to think about you when they think about something. So when, I, when people think about blank, they're going to think about you. And it's just really important to find that one thing that you can hold on to and bring to the world. I think that's perfect. I was going to say, I like how you said the word passion in there, because that's one of the things I think is important is you can't pick something that you're going to ultimately hate or you don't enjoy. And you have got to have that passion. You've got to like it and, and really like, or even love it, like you do, you are passionate about the science of reading. So that that comes through in the way that you share things on Instagram and the products you make. So having that passion is important, like liking it. And then I think the other thing I think as well is being good at it. Like you obviously, you're a reading interventionist, you're good at teaching reading, having something that you feel really just that little bit more knowledgeable about, or you just know that you're really strong at, like that's your area that you feel you love but also you feel like I'm quite good at this I, I know how to help yeah. people with this I think that's really important too do you think that's it's also important to have both that's kind of what I think yeah and I think you need to be proud of what you're good at you need to be okay with saying I'm awesome at this like there's no shame in being good at something we're so humble as teachers well I'm not I guess <laughs> because I think I'm good at teaching reading but it's okay to feel like you're good at something and it's okay to like go things that you're not passionate about like when the world shut down and we all started making digital 
I did it too. And y'all, I did not like it. I don't like making digital. I don't like having to deal with permissions. I don't like any of it. I just want to click convert to PDF and go about my life. But some of you might have found, oh my gosh, I love digital. And I, this is another thing I wanted to say is that your niche doesn't have to be a subject area. Your niche could be a type of product. So like I said, my friend Sherry Miller, she just creates digital resources and they're like amazing. We could at our school be like, hey, Sherry, can you make something for SOL? Those are our standard. 4.3 and within a week she has these like amazing activities like um emily gibbons she makes decodable text and that's like her niche and it's like it doesn't have to be just math or just reading it can be any of those different things you might be really good at making classroom decorations or clip art whatever it is that keeps your wheels turning just go for it yeah I, i'm glad you clarified actually i feel like i feel really bad now i didn't really clarify like really what a niche is so i feel like you've done that now which is awesome for anyone listening but yeah it can be it can be grade levels it can be subjects it can be like certain topics or like you know areas of learning and then definitely product types too so you know I've, i see people that actually do cover like a big range of product types mm -hmm. but they're just one grade level you know or they do cover lots of subjects but it's just one grade level or they cover loads of grades but it's only for math so it it, it can be different things but it's just basically yeah like what you love and what you're good at and yeah I think that's really good advice you you want to get to the level where when people ask questions in Facebook group they bring up your name like for example when you're in the TPT sellers and they're like guys I really want to know what podcast should I listen to you know right away there's like four podcasts everybody's going to recommend and it's because they've gotten known for it so think about the thing you want your name put under on Facebook comments in a good way <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's great. The next one I wanted to ask you. So um, before we move on, because we're going to talk about Instagram in a little bit for this last one, I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that you think has contributed to your success on TPT. So we know that you've got really strong, narrow niche and you're doing that really well. But is there any other sort of words of wisdom, anything else you think's helped you sort of grow? Because you have had some really great growth in the last year. So yeah, and I'll, yes, definitely. So I'll, I'll just be like upfront about it all. So last year, I think in 2020, before 2020, I think the most I'd ever made in a month was like $114. This year, I had my first four-figure month and four-figure day in August, and then I hit that first TPT milestone. So in the back-to-school sale this year, I made more in those two days than I made last year in the entire year. So like I've just exploded. And when I think about why, it's not just one thing. So I think to start, there's like an industry standard you have to have now, in my opinion, you need to have square covers, you need to have previews, you need to have product photography in case they haven't listened to any of your 30 something <laughs> other podcasts. Okay, those are like non negotiables anymore, I feel like. But from there, there's some other things you need to do. Number one is definitely niching. Number two, you've got to have bigger ticket items. You just have, you are not going to become a millionaire selling $3 items. So if you have the value, people will buy it. So don't be afraid of putting bigger things out there because if the value is there, people are going to buy it. And, you know, I remember I used to think, okay, well, I made this really great resource and all right, I think I'm going to price it a little bit low because then maybe people are going to buy more of it. But in reality, if you underprice it, people are going to think that there's something wrong with it. And so price your stuff what it's worth, make big ticket items. Almost all my money now comes from big bundles and big items. They are super, super important. And then I also think you need to go into the different social medias. 
don't start all at once. I was on TPT for years before I did anything. The first thing I did was join Instagram. And then I was overwhelmed with that. And I was terrible at that. And so once I got a little bit better, I joined a Facebook group. And I started a blog. And then months later, I started a Facebook page. And my next venture, one of these days, is going to be to start an email list. But you don't have to do everything all at once. Take baby steps towards what is going, like, what's calling you. Like, if you're like, I know Instagram's not my thing, don't do it. If Pinterest is not your thing, just just start somewhere else. I'm still trying to work on Pinterest. I believe in it. It's me. It's not Pinterest. I know this. (laughs) And so just going on the social media, you don't realize the power of just speaking, you know, out to people and people getting to know you. It's just a super powerful tool. I really didn't think people read blogs anymore. But now I had looked before I got on here. My blog since I started it in January has had 20,000 unique views and about 50,000 page views, which is like amazing for me. I can't believe that many people, even if like 20,000 of it was my mom, the fact that (laughs) that many views are there just is so humbling and appreciative that anybody would listen to me, you know? And I just think the more you do it, the more easily the rest of it's going to come to. Yeah. You said some really great stuff there. I like the thing you said about the non-negotiables because that you're, you're kind of, the way you say things, you're just like straight to the point. I sometimes kind of go like, hey guys, please try product photography, but maybe I should just be saying like, hey, this is kind of a non-negotiable now. Some of the stuff is so important. And I, and I loved what you said about the high priced items too. It's so true. And you, you just can't, you can't be one of those millionaire people with the $1, $2, $3 stuff, even if you have a lot of it, or even if you sell a lot of it, the people that are making the big bucks have these big, big units and bundles and things so so true and I was hoping you could also this might be a good time to throw in that question I was going to ask about balancing because you talked about baby steps just then you know taking on platforms one at a time so could you give us yeah elaborate a little bit more on that and how you're coping with the teaching and the parenting and the business and yeah I just would love some advice in that area and I think the baby steps thing is definitely something people need to do so I look at it as for me I have to know what comes first. And even though I'm sitting here in a podcast about teachers pay teachers, teachers pay teachers is not my number one priority. And it won't be in my life. My daughter, my husband, my family is going to come first. And at the end of the day, if I can't finish a product, if I can't finish a blog post, that's okay, because it's not my number one priority. I'm also still a teacher. And I love, love, love my job. still. like, I'm still super passionate about helping children to learn to read. So in reality, teachers pay teachers is like my third top priority, which is still pretty high of a priority. (laughs) But I and you are very nice about the way you say things. So hopefully people don't think I'm mean. But the thing is, you have to put forth the time. If it's something that you want to get a return from, you've got to put forth the time. So I don't expect everybody to do this. But I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And I normally spend a little bit of time going through messages and things like that before I get ready for the day. And then when my daughter goes to sleep at night, I spend about an hour and a half to two hours each night working on things. And this summer, I've had some more time to work on it. But at the end of the day, there's only 24 hours in a day and I do what I can, but you've got to have those systems in place to make it easier. I used to do like, all right, I have to get this blog post done by tomorrow. And then I have to have, I used to literally make Instagram posts every single morning when I woke up, like this, I know the stress of it, the stress of making it when you wake up. Oh gosh. And, and it worked for a while. And the thing is, I think 
you hear all these things about like batching and batching is super helpful, you know, um, taking like several blog posts and writing several blog posts or doing a bunch of Instagram posts. But if the thing I don't think people realize is it doesn't come naturally. You have to work your way up to batching those things. So instead of thinking I have to batch all my Instagram, I have to batch all my blog posts, I have to, you know, do all my covers, all my product photography. Why don't you just start by trying to batch one thing. And that's what I did is I started trying to batch just Instagram posts. And the more I did it, the easier it became. And then just like the social media, I started going in and batching more things. And so now that I'm returning to school tomorrow, I actually have like five or six blog posts written. And I never thought this day would come because I was definitely a finish it up the morning I put it out kind of girl. So just don't be overwhelmed by the amount of stuff and choose one thing to start batching, I think is a really helpful tip for people who are trying to do it all. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I've, I've talked about this a lot that especially for people that are new, that pressure to kind of do everything because we see other people doing everything. And so we think we have to, but it's, it's literally impossible. So I like that you're being really honest about saying, you know, I just do this. I just do things one at a time. I did this first. I started Instagram. Then I do, took on this or I batched just this and that. Like, it's nice for people to hear the realities that, you know, you can't do everything and you can still like you, you can still grow and have this great success by taking things slow. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I say success, I almost put it in like quotation marks and it is success, but it's also like realistic. I think sometimes we've talked about this before you listen to other people and you feel like, oh my gosh, I can never get to that point. So it's nice to know that you can have like a level of success that feels attainable. Like it doesn't feel out of your reach to be able to hit that first TPT milestone, you know? Yeah. We've, we've talked about that, but there are there's some people that are like that achieve crazy crazy levels of success um and they they're kind of like that unfortunately they're actually at the top one percent or five percent it's not really the norm and and we look up to that and we expect to achieve that and then we feel bad about ourselves we didn't get to this point this person got to that's crazy successful and then we feel bad about ourselves but like it's not possible not everyone can get to that in fact not everyone should really get to that and it's but yeah we've talked about that a lot and I think it's nice to have I like your journey feels really achievable and attainable because it's very realistic um so I like that thank you thank you thank you (laughs) so I thought we'd talk about Instagram because we talked about Instagram by messenger and you'd given so many like so much words of wisdom there and I was like let's make an episode about it but I have I have two questions so the first one I want to ask is what helped you grow on there so some of the things you've done well you could share that with us because Instagram is another area that you've done really really well so tell us your success story there <laughs> okay so all right with Instagram you have to remember that you're going to be bad at it at the beginning Instagram has such a learning curve and I think it's because if you're about my age, I'm like 30, we grew up in the world of Facebook. And Instagram just doesn't work quite like Facebook. You know, you can't comment with links to things, you can't comment on pictures, you don't really have groups. So it's a different kind of thing. And so I actually started Instagram last summer when the election was going on in the United States and Facebook just became such a toxic place that I just had to walk away from it. So I started Instagram and I honestly started by just following people that I really respected and like I valued their opinion. And I told you when I first started too, at first I was like looking through Instagram and I was like, okay, cool. So all we do is post pictures of our dogs and we get a million likes, right? Like that's, that's what Instagram is, right? And then you realize that nobody actually cares about your dog. 
And the only reason that those people are getting a million likes is because they've been on there long enough to get that no like trust factor from people, you know? So when it comes to Instagram, this is kind of my strategy. You need to go into Instagram not thinking that you're going to make a lot of money off of people. That's That can't be your goal on Instagram. And it always kind of breaks my heart when I see these teachers that are working so hard, but their Instagram is nothing but like sales posts. Because you think about it, you don't go on Instagram just to have somebody sell stuff to you. So you need to look at it as you are providing a service to people. You might be making them laugh. You might be educating them about a topic, but you are providing a service to them for free. Honestly, you are putting yourself out there. You are giving away content for free and you have to be okay with that. But if you know your niche and if you're actually passionate about it, it should be a labor of love and not something that pulls you down. So when you go into Instagram, remember that you are providing a service. And if you vary your content, I think it just sort of flows better. So on my Instagram, I post quotes from reading books, because like I said, I'm into the science of reading. I post teaching tips. I post reels because Instagram loves reels and they'll show them to everybody. I post some longer videos. And um, so quotes, questions, reels, videos. And then sometimes I just do like statements. And for some reason, the statements have are the things that have gotten me the most reach. So I had a post that literally just said, I don't know my children's guided reading level. And it was this long post about how I stopped using Fountas and Pinnell guided reading level and what I did. And it literally got to like 20,000 people. And it was, I know it was insane. I was like, okay, well, let's do more of this. So I think if what I do is like when I'm reading a book, I literally like have like little sticky notes that are just for quotes. And so after I do all, after I do all my sticky notes, I pull up a PowerPoint and a lot of people use Canva and I'm trying to love Canva, but it's hard for me. And I just type them all in there and I have a template for it. I try to keep my colors the same, but I have different templates. I actually hired someone. Um, I know a lot of people love Golly Miss Molly because she's like the best human. She did my logo, but she also made me Instagram templates. And so I, I know they're so cute. And so I can vary those out, but just know that you have to give away stuff for free. That's all it is to it. You have to give away your knowledge for free on Instagram. And you also have to be willing to interact with people. So when people are, and you just posted something about this today, when people are commenting, you have to comment back. How sad do you get when you comment on somebody's stuff and then nobody comments back and you feel like a big loser? Don't do that to your audience. A lot of times people genuinely want to learn from you. You know, in the beginning, I was messaging you about, so I remember I was messaging you about whether or not to use punctuation and you responded back and you have to take the time if you want to grow on Instagram to respond to the people who are messaging you. And you have to go out and try to have authentic conversations with people too. Because what really helped my Instagram grow was I started to follow other science of reading people. And I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. And I would just like comment on their stuff and they would comment back on me. And then before I knew it, they were like sharing my stuff. And I remember one night I went to bed with 700 followers and I woke up the next morning with 1300 because one of those bigger sellers shared my stuff or one of those bigger Instagram people. And here recently, there was another girl um, who I shared one of her posts and I was like, Hey, are you following so-and-so yet? And I didn't give her 600 followers, but she did get like 200 followers in 24 hours. So it, it really pays 
to be authentic and to be okay with sharing your knowledge for free. Yeah, I think that's probably the best tip you can give. I remember back when I first started, because um, I have two accounts, but I have one that's like mm-hmm. my store and it was just product, 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 product. Like that's kind of all I ever shared. And I see other people doing that too. And it's there's just a limit to that. There's a limit to how much success you can have when you're you're taking and not really giving anything back. You know, it's because it's got to be a fair relationship. It's got to be that you're helping people. So serving people, providing value is so accurate. And you do that really well because I, I'm, I'm not like a reading specialist or anything. I didn't follow you for that reason or anything, but I still really enjoy your post. And I remember that one you're talking about, the one that was like really kind of, it was like kind of, you know, those BuzzFeed articles or like clickbaity because you're like, oh my yes. God, what's she going to say? <laughs> I remember that. And like, that's so, that's so important having that value and having that free content and not just, I'm, I can see that your account isn't to make money off people, it's to help people. And that comes through. I think we like to think that people can't tell but I think they can tell. They can tell yeah. based just on a picture that you put on the internet, whether you are trying to help people and serve them or whether you just want to make money and they get that vibe and they'll unfollow if they get the wrong kind of vibe. And be okay with the unfollows. Every time somebody unfollows me, I'm like, oh, thank goodness you're helping my algorithm because you were just bringing <laughs> me down. Because if people don't interact with you, it like I don't know, look, I'm not a math person. Y'all know this. I'm a reading person because when you think about reading, you think about me, right? And so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But so I just know that like if people, are following you but they don't interact with you it hurts you in some way so definitely be okay with the unfollows and the other thing that I was going to say too is I don't share this is just a personal decision um do it how you want but I don't share personal stuff on my feed really I share personal stuff in my stories so I it, it my feed is all like business but in my stories I'll like share stuff about us going out and things like that so and I think that that's been a good balance for me yeah, that's probably another little tip there we can sort of segue into and just say, like, make sure you're using stories. Stories are really powerful. Yes. Do you use stories every day? Or- um, you know, so I don't like I don't force it. So some days, you know, I'm looking at my stories. I'm like, oh, my gosh, why do I have like 30 things up there? And then some days. I'm like, oh, I don't have anything there. I normally share whatever I just posted and I share content from other people that I like. And then sometimes I'll share personal things, but I don't, I try to be very consistent with my Instagram posts. I schedule, I do a post every day during the week. Um, I think when I go back to school, if I have to, remember I told you my priorities, if I have to, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go down to three days a week and just be okay with three days a week. Um, But yeah, stories I find to be more of the, uh, for me, it's more of the loosey goosey kind of do what I want. Just make sure you're doing it. Yeah. I want to use those little buttons. Yeah. The little like poles and stickers and stuff. Yeah. I am. Um, I definitely think it's one of the things that's helped me on Instagram because it's helped me connect with people. I mean, I can share a post and people will comment on it, but like, that doesn't ever feel like the same sort of community as when I share a story and then people message me and like, mm-hmm. and actually one on one talk to me. So that's probably the best way I've, I feel like I've grown. And I feel like on accounts that I follow people I really look up to I had this realization like a year ago I thought these people don't actually post very often like they I, I looked and I'd be like oh this is like a really big account and they don't even post multiple times a week maybe it's just once a week whatever yeah. but how are they so successful and why do I keep looking at everything they do and it's like oh it's because they story all the time and they do these really great stories so stories are so so powerful and even if it's just like you said like you might just share something from someone else that day it doesn't always have to be your face talking but I think do I think it's kind of a no-brainer I feel like that's one of the things you need to have I'm so I'm glad yeah. you agree 
I agree. Stories are just really powerful. And it's just a really good way to authentically connect too. because when you keep your feed really business, but then you have some more personal stuff up there, people message you like, Oh, my gosh, I go through that too. Or, you know, my kid listens to Coco Melon all the time, too. And you, you get to connect with people a little bit. And like with you, like I got to see that you went roller skating. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I would fall on my butt. But that's really cool for you. So it's a way for them to get to know you, I feel like as well. I actually do need to work on that. Um, this is my issue is having two accounts. I find it really hard to balance, but I tend to, I know that stories should be personal, but on my TPT seller one where I'm helping people, I tend to just share tips about being a seller. I don't really share a lot of personal stuff. And I remember you saying that, like you should share more personal stuff. And I need to work on that because I know that that builds the no like trust factor for people to connect with you. And they say, well, I like roller skating too. Or I, you know, I drink coffee or I do that, whatever. So that's how people connect with you and, and build that no like trust. So I know that I need to work on that a bit. I don't make them personal enough sometimes. I'm so worried that my life is boring and I'll have nothing to say that you want to see. Okay. This is really funny, but you know, like I said, I followed you for a long time and you never talked about a boyfriend or anything. And I was like, Oh, is Alex alone? Is she all by herself in Australia? Like I felt so bad. And then you were like, got engaged and I was like, Oh, oh thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. Dale. Good job, Dale. <laughs> and we are not friends outside of this Instagram world. Like I know these things about you because of your Instagram and your Facebook, you know? Yeah. I am. There's so many people. It's a weird thing when you do follow people. And I can think of these people that like live in America and I've never met them and I never will. And yet I know what they're like boyfriend's name is and their baby's name is and their favorite yes. type of Starbucks drink. And it's weird that I know that, but it's <laughs> just the way it is. And you can make some super authentic connections through Instagram. You really can. You know, I really feel like it's a community, especially with my niche, which is the science of reading, because a lot of people are doing it alone in their um, communities. Like they're the only person in their school that that believes in this. And so it's like they have somewhere to turn to. And that's what you want is you want to be the person someone turns to. My friend Allison is like this amazing math teacher. And I keep telling her like, girl, you would kill it. You're going to kill it on Instagram because you know math in and out. And like, she could be the person that everybody goes to for those math tips. Like my son is struggling. Can you please just give me a tip? You know, it's just, it's good to, to have that, to be somebody's person. Yeah. One of the things I really like that you've said so far as well is earlier on, you mentioned the thing about like connecting with people and messaging and answering them. That thing about commenting and not feeling like you've been sort of like people have ignored you. As you were thinking that I was going to mention this. I think that's so true because I try to make sure I answer every single message or like help anyone if they have a question like that, because I've reached out to people before. And if they don't message me back, I, I take it kind of personally. I feel you like really kind of, I, I sound silly. I'm like, I know that they've got 50,000 followers. They're probably really busy. It's not, they don't hate me, but I feel like they like, I feel, take it really personally. I feel like that's really mean. Why didn't they reply? And so I try not to do that to other people. So I think that's really, really important. Do you are, do you try to answer every message as well if you can? I do. I answer, like if somebody just likes a story, you know, cause if somebody double clicks that, like, I, I don't always respond to that, but if somebody's reaching out to me, if somebody's taking the step forward and they, they want help, they have a question, I answer every single message. And sometimes I could spend a couple of hours a day answering messages but that's because in my field it's such a, a personal thing like I have parents of like dyslexic students who are reaching out to me and they're just desperate to help their kids and so I've literally this summer I've like done zooms with parents to just try to help them and stuff but it matters you know these are people's lives and when you are a TPT seller or you're on Instagram it's not just 
Like I said, it's not just about selling. You're providing a service and you're literally changing lives with the things that you're putting forth out there. And that's not something I take lightly. Yeah. So I think it's really important to, to build that connection. And imagine if you were in face to face with someone and they like waved at you and said hello and you just kind of blanked them. I feel that's kind of what it feels like if someone's re- that's such a good analogy. It took that time to reach out to like send you a message, which I don't often do that often. So when I do it, I feel like it's a big deal. And if they don't say anything, I feel really bad. I feel like they yeah. just like blanked me. <laughs> I know. Um, it's the, it makes you, it hurts your heart. <laughs> So the last thing I wanted to ask, because you've talked about some of the things that you have like helped you grow and how you've done really well with them. But is there anything you think people should avoid, like anything that's sort of a don't when it comes to Instagram? Because in your messages to me, you were talking about some of the things you shouldn't do. And we yeah. talked about the not being salesy and like not just like posting a picture of your dog and stuff, but any of those kind of like follow loops and all those kind of things. Any yeah. of that kind of stuff you think people shouldn't do or avoid? Yeah, maybe? so... Let me, let me just go back for a second, because just because I just, I I didn't actually say this, but just because I try not to be salesy, it doesn't mean I don't ever put things up there. I don't do it often, but I I do it like, just for example, today's Wednesday at eight o'clock at night, I put something up um, on TBT Monday afternoon. I posted on my Facebook and Monday, yesterday I posted on my Instagram. So I don't post often. Like I think the last time that I had posted was the back to school sale, but from Monday. So in about 48 hours, I've sold 90 units of this product that I just released. Yeah. So I don't do it often, but I think because I don't do it often and I only put forth like things that I'm like, I think this will be really powerful for you right now. I think it has a bigger impact. But yes, let's, we got to talk about follow for follow. Like we just have to. So I'm going to start by saying we've all done it. Like in the beginning, if you don't know a follow for follow is basically there's these Facebook groups where you can join them and like they make these posts and basically you post on it and everybody that's on that post, you have to go follow them or you have to comment or you have to like And when you first think about it, it seems like a no brainer. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to help me grow so quickly. And and it does. But number one, they're all going to unfollow you. And it's just true. I I remember when I first started and I did it and like, I, I looked at my analytics and they were all just going down into the red because I was doing my job and following these people and they would follow me and then they would unfollow. And then secondly, even if they stick around, they're not your ideal person. They are just doing this to get your like. And it doesn't mean that they are just as passionate about what you're talking about as you are. And number three, they might not have the same values that you have. And if you're following them, you are saying that you share the values that that person has. So this is a personal thing, but I did the follow for follow. And my, my kind of breaking point was right when we returned to school last year. So I was just doing it last year. I was in a follow for follow and a teacher, and we had just gone back to in-person instruction. She shared these posts and she had her mask underneath her chin and she had like her kids all around her. And I mean, this was before vaccines. And I was like, this isn't what I believe in. So I can't be a part of this. Like I can't be a part of something that doesn't share my values. So be very careful when you're doing that because everybody that you follow, you are in a way saying that you share their values. So just don't do it, people. And think about too, the amount of time that you're spending following people and commenting on people's stuff, just spend it doing some of the other stuff that's out there because 
it may be that instant gratification, but but in reality, it, it's not going to take you any farther. Yeah, I think that there's like I think of it like a misconception. So people have in their mind they think it's logical. They see they see, okay, well, people that have ten thousand followers or fifty thousand followers, those people are making lots of money. So therefore, I need to have that many followers, or they have a swipe up with ten thousand. So therefore, I need to have ten thousand. They kind of correlate that number of followers with money. They think the more followers I have, the more money I make. But what they don't realize is you can only make money with that amount of followers if those are people that want to buy. Just giving someone ten thousand random people they're never going to buy from you so it's just a useless number so you in a way you would I would rather have less who actually want to be there who will buy than triple the amount I have now that just have no interest in what I have to say because they're never going to buy so all it would ever be is a number and then nobody will like be commenting on your stuff because they just followed you for and it's just you're never going to build the community around the brand around the niche that you want if you're doing that. And I know that it seems like an easy way to grow your followers, but in the end, it's just going to hurt you and waste your time. But seriously, we've all done it. It does hurt though, because literally it hurts you because in terms of the algorithm, from what we know, we know that once people engage with your posts and genuinely like it and comment, that your posts will go further, it will get shown to more people. But if you have these sort of people that are kind of fake followers and don't really like you, they just scroll past your posts, that's actually going to hurt your posts. It's going to hurt your growth because they're not ever going to engage with it. So in a way, it's almost bad if you have the wrong kind of people, it could actually harm you more than help you. And remember, don't be humble. You are good at something. And there are people out there that want to hear what you have to say. So it's going to take a little bit more time to go the longer, the harder route. But I promise you that in the end, it's what's going to help you. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Do you have any other? I mean, that's my last question. But do you have any other kind of final words of wisdom or anything you want to share before we wrap up to any of our listeners? Start on Instagram by following people that are in your area and learning from them. And, you know, look at people that you really respect and enjoy. And obviously don't like copy their content, but look at the different ways they they vary their content. You know, what kind of stuff are they putting out there? And it's okay to, you know, learn from other people on Instagram. I know a lot of people will say, don't follow people who are in your niche because it's just going to bring you down. And I think if it causes you anxiety, don't do it. But I genuinely enjoy following people in my niche because I feel like there's room for all of us. Like there's not room for all of us to do everything, but all of us have a place. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a good final thing to share, I think. And this is probably a good time to wrap up as well because your, your video just froze just as you're saying that. So, oh, no. That's all right. You look happy in, in the frozen position you're in. Um, that's okay but I think that's good I think we've covered some really good stuff so I I feel like that's some really good takeaways for my audience so I am so so glad that you came on the podcast today and shared your wisdom with us I really truly appreciate you taking the time to do that so thank you so much thank you it's been just a joy this has been the best way to end my night before school (laughs) and I hope that you have a good back to school tomorrow I do yeah I hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I had so much fun chatting to Savannah. I will put some links in the show notes so that you can check her out. So basically her brand is Campbell Creates Readers. So you can find her on Instagram there. She's got a website on TPT, uh, but I will put links in the show notes so you can check her out if you want to. She honestly just had 
some really amazing things to share today. There are so many good takeaways. The things that we talked about, having a niche and and really growing on Instagram, like those can be really, truly tricky things. So I really hope this episode has helped you a little bit. The biggest thing is definitely the niching. I really want you to have that as a takeaway today to make sure that if you haven't already, that you've really settled on that. You really set aside the time to really understand who your ideal audience is and who you're going to serve. That really, really will help you. If you ever want any more support, remember I'm always here to help. You can reach out and message me or email me anytime or check out my coaching if you want to do some one-on-one work with me or just, you know, reach out if you need any help. Like I'm here to support you, but I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.